This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let me tell you one thing. The Cowboys won today. I'm insulted when people say I gambled. Oh, let's ignore all the best advice. Baby, let's roll the dice. Dak Prescott is worth every penny. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. NFL Network Insider Ian Rappaport. Still to come. Super Bowl champion quarterback Trent Dilfer. NFL Network reporter Tom Pelissero. Plus ESPN senior NBA writer Ramona Shelburne. And now... It's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to our number two of the Rich Eisen Show. We're on the air. We welcome everybody who might be listening to us on this uh, terrestrial radio or Sirius XM channel 211. We're also here on Peacock for our number two. We just spoke to Ian Rappaport, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, talking about um, what is going on in the NFL. And he said that the uh, Chiefs cutting both their tackles, Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. Schwartz, he was expecting... Um, because as he intimated that Schwartz, when he comes back healthy, is going to have some choices, I guess, to continue playing football. And this is a guy who hardly ever missed a snap. And then there's Eric Fisher, who might not be ready till next October. And if the Chiefs are wondering about the physical readiness of either one of these tackles for next year, um, you might as well go shopping for a more healthy one right now. That's pretty much the two cents. Certainly, if you are in a division that's got Joey Boza and Max Crosby and you know Von Miller we're expecting to be back and healthy and Bradley Chubb and you got to get you got to get this thing straightened out um certainly for Mahomes who I think is still you know convalescing from toe surgery and is still uh limping around like crazy based like on Super Bowl 55 and in this hour our good buddy, who's now the head coach of Lipscomb Academy Football, which made it to the uh, state championship game before uh, losing in the state championship game. Trent Dilfer's the head coach there. And he's an Elite 11 uh, coach who is, sees all these prospects since, uh, since they're high schoolers all the way to making it to the NFL draft podium. So I wanted to ask him about Lawrence and... Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Mac Jones and Justin Fields and his thoughts. And he's also a guy who he told us years ago, Chris, that Tua Tungo-Vailoa was one of the best prospects he had ever seen. and um, Ever seen. He, we had him on the day after Tua looked off the safety to beat Georgia in the national championship game because we saw a video of him doing that exact maneuver in an Elite 11 workout. That exact maneuver of looking off a safety and dropping one in a beautiful pass to win a game. And so Trent was talking him up then, and I wonder what he thinks right now that everybody in the NFL thinks the uh, Chargers made a much better move and the Miami Dolphins made a huge mistake in choosing Tua over Herbert. So there's lots to talk about uh, with Trent Dilfer. And then as for those prospects that I mentioned at quarterback, Tom Pelissero, my NFL media group colleague, wrote a piece in NFL.com today talking to all the scouts and evaluators that would have been able to kick the tires on all of these top quarterback prospects at a combine. They haven't. What do they think of him? He went ahead and did what he would have done at the Indianapolis Combine, doing all the legwork, talking to all these scouts and talent evaluators. Ramota Shelburne uh, will join us in hour number three as well. It's the one-year anniversary of the NBA finding that Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus before a game in Oklahoma City, and the sports world essentially changed from there on out. So that's there's all of that put together. Um, 
Chris, do you have a, a news update to, to put together for the rest of the show in the next two hours? Can you put one together for us? You for got that? it. We can do that. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot happening. And what is going on in the, the Players' Championship that's going on oh, right man. now? Oh, man. Well, uh, Kevin Na just put two in the water on 17 for a snowman. Isn't that amazing? A snowman on 17. After he was three under on the day. I mean, that's what I would do at Sawgrass. Uh, that's crazy. But Sergio Garcia is your leader. He has thrown in a 7-under 65. Sitting in the clubhouse with that one, too. Sitting in the clubhouse. He has a three-shot lead on Matthew Fitzpatrick and Corey Connors, who was in the hunt last week at Bay Okay, Hill. very good. That's your update, and uh, that's on NBC Sports this weekend, NBC Sports and Golf Channel um, today and tomorrow as well. Very excited to be part of that world right here on uh, on Peacock, NBC Sports on Peacock, Thursday through Sunday. That's the Players' Championship. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit of music right there. So, very exciting stuff. We'll keep an eye on that leaderboard throughout the next two hours of this show. And, and scene. Well done. You know what? Uh, this is a crazy question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Love it. Ready for this, this one? This could go anywhere. <laughs> Here's, here it is. This is a totally crazy, off-the-wall question. Yes. Has Tom Brady figured it out? <laughs> like... It being like uh, the no, no. secret of life, or well, that's that's a little bit more macro for a show like this, Chris. Okay, I mean. um, no, has he figured it out? Because Don, if you can get that graphic from our first segment uh, on uh, on our Wednesday show, we want to see a Super Bowl one in the first iteration of somebody's contract, right? You draft them, yeah, you draft course. the kid, you you make serious hay with the kid and you win a championship with the kid because you know you're going to end up having to pay this kid right. and market value for said kid as we've just seen with Dak and Patrick Mahomes is a lot of money and you can move cap numbers around for the beginning of the contract to make sure that you don't have to totally blow your team up on the spot because they're taking up 20% of the cap or 20 some odd percent of the cap I mean you see Matt Ryan's now making up 22% of the cap of a team that uh, in the Atlanta Falcons that is drafting fourth overall. You got an aging quarterback that's 22% of your cap. Uh, Julio Jones is over 10% of your cap, too. He right. can't even stay healthy for your quarterback that's, that's out there run, fighting for his life at 22% of the cap. You win four games. I mean, that's not where you want to be. You want to be in a position where you've won a championship with somebody in their first contract, so you know when you pay them, pizze them, overpay them maybe, to use the phrase of uh, Jerry Jones, that you're at least you know what you got in this quarterback, and maybe you can rebuild or retool or plan for the future with other expensive players and try to win. Or do you get a quarterback that will just take less? I, I know that that sounds nutty, right? I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> How do you find that person? Well, because out of out of everything about Brady's remarkable talents and everything about Brady's remarkable lifestyle and how he's constantly eating right. He's got seven trophies and he's never been paid like Dak and he's never been paid like Russell Wilson's being paid or Mahomes is being paid. He's never sat there and said, you know, I got, I've got to get that. He's always taken less and put it all together with that talent and with that neck up ability to process and assess 
in real time prior to snap, leading up to a game, having that experience all in this body that seems to defy time and age because of the way that he's constantly living life all the time, but cutting off the ends of a banana mm-hmm. and eating right. chia seeds and sure. right and all of that. And then put it up on the put it up on the screen. Not just him winning wow. his championships here, but what a great photo. You know, he's won four of the last five championships of the Super Bowl of somebody who's not on their rookie deal. Again, the last 10 years of the NFL, we talked about it yesterday. I'll keep reiterating this because this is the the way that you're putting the puzzle pieces together in the NFL now is because you're not paying someone out of college and drafting them the highest paid amount in the history of your franchise, which is what it used to be when you drafted a quarterback in the top five, top 10, first round. You paid them a lot of money. Now they're slotted. So you can see what you have in them. So if you don't have that, Okay, if you don't strike it rich figuratively with somebody in their rookie contract, then you've got to win it with somebody in their second, third, or multiple years down the road contract. Brady has won six of the ten Super Bowls in this new year, a new collective bargaining world where you try to win with a rookie contract, and if you can't, what do you do? He's won four of the six Super Bowls in the last ten years. I mean, he's won four of the Super Bowls in the last 10 years. And, and since Super Bowl uh, 44, Eli Manning was the first, I guess, right there that was not on a rookie deal. And then Tom Brady, after that, won Super Bowl 49. Peyton won Super Bowl 50. Then he won Super Bowl 51. Brady. And then Brady's won the last two. And so he has not once eaten up more than 12.6% of, of the team's cap. Has he figured it out? Well, is what I'm saying. The one thing he does have figured out, he's one of one, right? He's the only NFL quarterback married to the world's greatest supermodel. Oh, come on. It's Look, not man, like, I yeah. really I like, really think that has a lot to do with it. The, but it's not He's like, able to quote unquote take less because he's not the sole breadwinner of his house. I don't it has to play a little I bit of a part. I think that has to play in. Like yeah. Del Tufo posted that on Twitter yesterday. Somebody had brought up the fact that Del- Brady never takes, you know, X amount of money. His wife is worth how much, Mike? Four hundred million. Yeah, she she's worth like. So you're saying because the household collectively yeah. is taken care of like between the two of them in a way that makes them generationally wealthy, he's not had. He, he never felt compelled to stick craft. You have to. I, I really think, think that's. Might, a, I really think that's a factor. It might only be twenty percent. But, he, there. but he's able to take less than like market value, whatever you say. Like you say it's his turn. So, How many times would it have been Brady's turn? Yeah, like, if, he, if he was married to Jane instead of Giselle, yeah. you know, like, and, and the other thing, you've got the, you. the Mannings up there who come from, I, I'd say, you know, pretty comfortable yeah, they're financial not, they're backing. Not, they're not, but, but, but Peyton was at Peyton winning his Super Bowl. Uh, not on a rookie deal was him in his last year, yeah. and then Eli, you know, when was not on his rookie deal either. But Eli is he, one of the highest paid yeah, players. But, in was also, but, yeah. but 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 he was making fourteen million dollars a year. It was earlier on than right. like if if Eli was doing that now, right? He might be being paid if sure. he was if he was Mahomes' age, if right. he was the age of you know uh, Dak. That's maybe the way it would be. Right. So timing might be in that case. 
I don't know, man. Brady was taking less than before he was with Giselle. I mean, you know what? He's always taken less than. Before before his his household was created, he was always doing that. That's true, I, but the I, first I, Patriots dynasty was it helps, you know, it, you know, obviously it would be help, helpful if, let's just say, you inherited money, too, that you don't need it. But, but I also think, to your point about timing, just think about what was the salary cap in 2003? A lot different than it is in 2018, now 2021. So I think, I also think that's a factor. I just think, again, you take a look at the two most successful players in, in the NFL and in the NBA, right? Of our generation. It's Tom Brady and Michael Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. We're all, they're still, all, they're still chasing, God rest his soul, Kobe came close, mm-hmm. right? They're still chasing Jordan. LeBron's chasing him still, right? Jordan took less too all the time. Now he wanted his towards the end, right? Well, he's also had a side stuff. Hold on. <laughs> oh, Mike. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here. What side stuff? Like oh, his Nike, his, Gatorade. Oh, oh, I thought Coke, you meant other side Coke, stuff. I mean, no, I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about the extra. Yeah, no, I know that. Sponsor. I know that. So that might have been his ability to say, I'll take less in my playing career. I mean, that had to be a little bit of a fact. I mean, we could be end, wrong, but it just bears kind of pointing that stuff out. I'm pointing out. I just think to that, say that it's a complete that, non-factor is a little, you know, a little short-sighted. I think it definitely played into Brady no, no, being I'm like. No, sure. I'm sure. I, I, I just, I'm sitting here. And trying to put the puzzle pieces together. And I think you'll be hearing it over and over and over again. And I think we've been, you know, at the the, the forefront yeah, of that man. conversation is that in the NFL, that's why the Jets are going to maybe restart the clock on Darnold. That's why you're always going to try and restart the clock. And you're going to see a lot of teams try and restart the clock with with their quarterbacks. Their quarterback situation. Would the Bears be better off restarting the clock with their quarterback situation right now? I think so. But if they can't or they won't, then they need to get somebody who can win them a championship and doesn't break the bank for them. Right. But I'm also a guy, get so, what you can get when you can get it. I, I get it. And, and I, I get that. And, I, and I, so I don't begrudge Dak for doing no, what he's doing or anything like get, that. No. But maybe on yeah. Dex, now that Dak's gotten what he's gotten in his next contract, where you're already reading it well, great contract because his next one that he's up, Next one that he's up, Even more. The, the money's going to be more television, right. and the the gambling money is going to start coming into the NFL. Yes, it is, and, and if you so, win the Super Bowl, and so he's going to get much more. Or, or it will just I be thirty one. I would counsel him. You got your money. Take less. Look what Brady did. Look what Jordan did. It also comes down you, to these guys. Like how important is winning? Yeah. That's why I'm asking if Brady's figured it out. And I think the answer is yes, obviously. Oh, yeah. Now, you're saying he's figured it out because his great life that he has. He's, he married he married a do. wonderful yeah, wife not. and mother who happens to be one of the greatest earners in her profession. Right. Thus takes the pressure off him having to stick craft. Or demand, but he also is not a chess pounder. Like, I need to be he's not. the no, highest no, paid. No, no. Not so you have to also say that he has also, prior to having, you know, uh, uh, a considerable breadwinner being his spouse <laughs> he was taking that approach before then too right, right, right. he also won a lot really early and so that kind of took the pressure off where he's like i've already won yeah. I, and he was already a hall of famer really essentially in by year five six seven so and now he can just kind of year four three so to answer the question 
<laughs> that I think is crazy is Brady figured it out. Short answer, yes. Long answer, the last 10 minutes of this show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trent Dilfer knows how difficult it is to win a Super Bowl, right? I mean, and, and Tom Brady's got seven of them. Oof. It's insane. Seven. It's nuts. We'll talk about some prospects in the NFL draft with Trent Dilfer next. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, it's JB Smoove here at Media Day in Houston, and we're on to the Pats, baby. What's up, Tom? How you doing? You are 10 in the handsome world, right? Would you trade in three of your handsome points to get back at them damn Giants? Yes. I trade them all. Hey. Cuff brothers too, man. <laughs> Cuff hey, ten brothers. Cuff ten brothers. You see this? Character, character. Please give me something I can take to these movie executives to convince them why we need a black unicorn movie. You look at this crowd of white unicorns, and all you see is this big, black, handsome unicorn standing there looking like Black Beauty. It's the best strip club in Boston. In Gronk's basement. Be honest. <laughs> Am I wrong? I'm going to go down there and talk to your coach. And I'm going to tell that man, this man is, is electrifying. He has to touch the ball way more than that. Okay? I'm going to go down and tell him. All right. That's on you, though. No, don't, don't tell him my no, sister. No, I'm going to say we talked about it. <laughs> nah, you can't tell no, him. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Now we did, we did talk about it. She come by my house, my bar, and all I had is black unicorn. And no one wanted it because 
Nobody want that black unicorn. Because it was different. You're a tough cookie, man. What cookie would that be? A ginger snap, a fig newton, a vanilla wafer, a chocolate chip cookie. Chocolate Give me a chip. cookie. Yeah, chocolate, chocolate chip, chip all day. All day. I figured that. All day. At first, I thought he might be more of a fig newton guy, but he's more of a chocolate chip guy. Let's see what happens. Devin. Oh, Jason. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. You got a twin brother who plays for the Titans. Now, how the hell will everybody in here know it's you and not damn Jason? There's really no way to tell, though, honestly, because Coach Belichick doesn't even know the difference. I don't want no parent trap stuff going on. No, nah, I'm better than him, so I can't let him go out there and play for me. Can't okay, Jason. She rides that black unicorn. Oh, they become one. Now, speaks to us. Now, man, that girl has trouble at home, too. Oh, man. That's a great story, man. And we need Queen Latifah to beat them all. We shut this place down, baby. This Eisen Show, J.B. Smooth, Super Bowl 51. You know how we do. Houston, we got a problem. <laughs> Check out all of J.B. Smooth's work at five Super Bowls first or six. You did a ton of them. I forgot. Five. five. Yeah, five. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. And, uh, our YouTube feed is uh, is uh, one of our favorite uh, things to, to call your attention to. We're also a sub-channel, if you will, on NBC Sports' YouTube page, PeacockTV.com, for everybody who wants to see us here every day. If you're not watching, streaming us on whatever device, you can you can hit us on, uh, on a desktop. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. I love this man's mindset. He knows a ton about He knows more about football right here in my pinky of my hand than most of us know in our entire body. Uh, and is he on the phone line right now, Chris? Yes, sir. He is the head coach of Liscombe Academy Football. And he is also the head coach at Elite 11. And he's also one of my favorite people on the planet. He is Trent Dilfer here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Trent? Well, I'll take that last bio intro as my favorite of the three. Is that right? The fact that I'm your, one of your favorite people on the planet? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm usually one of people's most hated people on the planet. Why? So nice what are you talking about, Trent? Come on now. Come on now. I'm just kidding. Come on now. Um, What's happening, brother? It's good to chat with you. It's good to see you. Um, let's just start uh, macro here. What, did, you know, what went through your mind as you watched Tampa Bay win the Super Bowl, Trent, from back in your day? Let's just go that way. What did you think of when you saw that? Were you pleased, conflicted, One, happy? No, I was doing? super happy. Okay, good to hear super that. Super jacked. Okay. Uh, I was – I really – you know how I look at the game. I try to learn uh, through watching the game, and I thought it was a great exercise in learning how much a team can evolve and grow and get better as the year goes on. You know, you go to your talk show, I'm guessing in weeks. When when was their bye week? They got beat by New Orleans. Was that week nine, I think? No, yeah. And then you know, we were talking about it yesterday that, you know, uh, I picked Tampa to win it all before the season. And then on game day morning, I had an opportunity to to mulligan on Thanksgiving. And that was the weekend they were seven and four going in to take on the Chiefs. And I hopped off them. And then they had a bye yeah, the next and week. I, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, because they weren't great. They were talented, but not great, and they did. It hadn't fit yet, you know. It hadn't clicked. I don't think they knew who they were. So I, I watched it that second half of the season, just saying, oh, "Okay, something happened over the bye week. There was a come to Jesus. There was a Tom Brady finally opened his mouth and said, no, this is the way we're going to be great.' <laughs> you know, going from talented to great, we're going to start doing the little, ugly, boring, monotonous things.' Well." 
we're going to clean up some of our scheme stuff. We're going to kind of find our identity. And it was pretty amazing watching them grow, you know, after that point, how, one, they became much more stubborn with the run game. So you got to give the play callers a lot of credit because when you have that, those types of weapons, it's hard to call boring runs. It's hard to be patient getting two and a half, three and a half yards to carry on first down. They started utilizing more tight ends. Uh, they added tight ends into protections. So where they were five, six-man protections, they became six, seven-man protections. So adding an extra guy into protection, Brady all of a sudden – you saw uh, his normal calmness come back in the pocket, which you didn't see in the New Orleans game early on in the year. Uh, and then <clears throat> even further than that, then what they do off those boring things, they actually became very, very creative. They kind of found this new way of playing offensive football uh, in off boring, having really cool sizzly plays off really boring stuff. So they sucker you with the boring stuff, and then they flash and sizzle you with the explosive stuff. And while all this is going on, they are growing as a defense. Sure are. And they're becoming nastier and nastier, stronger, healthier at the end, getting some of their big guys back up front, playing more snaps. That The young linebacker White's playing as good as anybody else. Their veteran linebackers are playing good. Secondary, they start growing. They start playing more stuff. What they did to Green Bay is one of the great secondary game plans I've seen in a long time. Uh, and they just evolved. And I guess long-winded way of saying, I really appreciated that the NFL, in the midst of the craziest year of all of our lives, no OTAs, really no training camp, that they took the long-tail approach. And to win a Super Bowl, they said, hey, we got to not flinch when bad things happen, use them as learning lessons, grow and make sure we're getting better every single day. And with this group of people and with the greatest player that's ever played, by the end, we should be able to finish this race. And you, more than anybody, know how difficult it is to get to a Super Bowl and win it and what it means to actually win it and what it means for your resume. Seven is insane. And the fact that he, we can sit here and say eight is absolutely in the realm of possibility, if not uh, more likely than, than not, is insane. I, it's insane. I just keep coming up with the arbitrary numbers. I'm like, yeah, he's won 13 Super Bowls, and nobody flinches. Or, yeah, he might win 20, and nobody really flinches. <laughs> just make, having fun with it. Like, it's, it's mind-boggling. You can't process, you can't really comprehend what an incredible achievement this, is, and this has th- been for Tom Brady. And do you think it's messing with the heads of others, um, like Rodgers, what he said after the championship game uh, about wondering about his future because he saw Brady walk into a new team, do it his way, or or know that there's a way other than the one that he's only known, Russell Wilson sitting here saying what he's thinking, thinking what he's thinking. Do you think it's messed with other quarterbacks' brains, what Brady's done? I think it's messed with, I think it's messed with everybody in the NFL's brains. I think it's messed with GMs that have done great jobs and never won one. I think it messes with coaches that think their process is as good as anybody's and it, and they haven't won one. I think it messes with guys that have won one but think they were going to win three or four. I think it makes the league knee-jerk react. I'd say that. I think that's the greatest impact Tom Brady's seven Super Bowls now have is it makes the rest of the league knee-jerk react and make decisions that probably aren't long-tail decisions because they just they don't understand it and I don't think any I think anybody that says they understand how he's done this mm. is showing their ignorance in that statement. I don't think any of us know how he's done this cuz it's never been done before. I think there's one person that knows how he's done this and his name's Tom Brady. <laughs> 
And maybe his dad, because he tells his dad everything. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's the keeper of the secrets. I've got uh, Super Bowl champion and Let's Go Academy football head coach, Elite 11 football uh, head coach Trent Dilfer here on the Rich Eisen Show. While we're on the subject of knee-jerk reactions, I'm sure you have heard the narrative that Justin Herbert's better than Tua and that that's the way it should have been viewed by everyone in the draft, and that's the way it's only going to be. And I know you're a Tua guy, so I'll give you the floor. And you're laughing already, but that is it. That is, I, I am not stuttering when I am saying that is a significant narrative that is bouncing around the NFL and its media right now. Well, I think it's true right now, but does it matter right now? Does it matter right now that Justin Herbert, Tua, and Burrow all lost a bunch of games? Because really, the thing's about winning or losing, not who throws the most yards, looks the best, who wins rookie of the year like right now absolutely justin herbert was fantastic i argue he's one of the best rookies we've seen in the last 20 years mm-hmm. play quarterback peyton manning threw 20 interceptions his rookie year how many of us thought after peyton's rookie year oh he stinks he threw 20 interceptions he's never going to fix this i Hasselback and i used to watch peyton's rookie film when we we're just studying offense and like oh he's got a lot of learning to do like, ooh, we're not sure about this guy. This is Peyton Manning. And he's one of the greatest of all time. So let's let this thing breathe for a few years. Let's let their teams figure out who they are. Uh, let's see what they're surrounded with. Now, you know, Justin's got to go through a new head coach, new offensive system. Let's see how that goes. What really matters is who's the best in three or four years and who has a chance to take their team to a Super Bowl in the first contract because that's really now the new – measuring stick for these young quarterbacks is while you are cheap can your team use those assets use that money they're eventually going to have to pay you to pay others to help you get to the super bowl and are you good enough if we surround you with enough good people to take you to us to allow you to take us to a super bowl so russell wilson like you got to go now if you're if you're one of these rookie top picks your goal is before I get my next contract, I need to get my team to a Super Bowl because they're taking all this money that they're eventually going to pay me, and they're giving it to the left tackle, the the kind of the extra receiver that you really don't need, mm. um, but you could have uh, that third safety player, that third secondary player that you really don't need, but you can pay, and now you have more depth. That. Jadavion Clowney presence in free agency that's going to demand a big number, but it's a game record. J.J. Watt is another example of that, going to Arizona. Like, can you take us to a Super Bowl while you're cheap? Let's wait and see who does that between Burrow, Herbert, and Tua before we get on our soapbox and saying, oh, yeah, we should have had him higher. And by the way, I'd also challenge all those guys because I was on all the same shows as them, yours being one of them, mm-hmm. is if they were so right, didn't, why didn't they have number one on the board? Like, listen, this thing is fluid. Uh, all three were really good prospects. And I think the guys I respect the most, the Daniel Jeremiah's, the guys like that, that's how they presented it, is great prospects. Let's see where they fit. Let's see what organizations they go to. Let's see who they're surrounded by. You know, let's see their circumstances before we start saying who's going to be the best. They have different traits. Like Joe Burrow's not as talented as Tua and Herbert, but he processes faster. Herbert has more horsepower and twitch than both of them. It paid off his first year. Let's see how as this thing grows, it, it goes. Tua has the best instincts of the three. He didn't really get to use those instincts the first year. Maybe now he's in a system that unleashes him a little bit more. I don't know, but let's at least 
let's this thing let's let this thing play out. So then, what would you counsel to or have uh, about year two? Um, while he also no doubt goes through the conversation that Darnold is hearing, which is like, boy, we we well, Darnold, I think has heard a ton of stuff, but uh, we'll 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 send you to Houston if the Texans eventually decide Watson doesn't really want to play for them yeah. anymore. I mean, what would you counsel to who's no doubt hearing all of that out of Dolphins fans? I'd imagine. Same thing. I counsel a 17 year old that's frustrated they only caught four balls instead of 10 because he's an all state wide receiver. Trust the process, handle the process well, take care of your business, control what you can control. You can't control that Coach Dilfer called a terrible game in the state championship game. <laughs> That's not your fault. You did your job when you were asked to do your job. The rest is on Coach Dilfer. So Tua can't control what the organization does. He can't control who they draft if he ends up staying there. He can't control if they draft big guys on the defense side of the ball or twitchy, fast guys on the offense side of the ball. He can control his process. He can be grinding in the offseason. He can look at his tape and say, ooh, this is something I didn't do very good. i I got to get better at this and go to work at it. He can look at his tape and say, oh, I did this pretty well. I'm going to pat myself on the back and say I'm going to build off of this. These are some positives. But if you don't take a process-driven approach to this thing and you start worrying about all the things you can control, yeah, he'll end up the worst of the three. But if he handles his business well and continues to do his thing the best he can do it and control what he can control, good things will happen. Trent Hill, for a few more minutes left with him here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, what do you think the Jets should do? And that's kind of a way that I can throw everything in together, how you evaluate the quarterback class with Zach Wilson and what you think of Darnold and knowing the scheme that Robert Sala is bringing in and uh, what options there might be available to other teams to go get Darnold, what his fit might be best. I just throw that out as an omnibus through the concept of what you think the Jets should do right here, Trent well, I Dilfer. think number one, Sam wins regardless. I think that he either stays with the Jets and they get better, uh, and they use their draft capital to get him, him some talent finally, uh, or they choose to take one of these young bucks and move on from Sam, and he goes somewhere that's going to value his skill set. Now, everything I'm hearing, and I'm not nearly as deeply entrenched as I used to be, sure. so uh, the, the people I'm trusting tell me that this narrative is actually flipped on Sam from underachiever to overachiever concerning what he's been dealing with. I think Sam is very well looked upon amongst NFL circles and how he's handled his business, how he's controlled what he could control, how his ceiling, his high ceiling plays that he showed the ability to make and is correcting some of the knucklehead stuff he did his first year. I think all that goes over really well with NFL teams that would rather have a seasoned vet and draft a new new guy. So I think he wins overall. He's also starting to stack up his reps. And this is a conversation that when you talk to other people talking quarterbacks from here on out, start asking this question. How many starts, how many reps being the quarterback have they had from high school to college and now in the NFL? Trevor Lawrence, to me, is a no-brainer, will guarantee be successful, much like Andrew Luck, because he started four years in college, he's I mean, four years in high school, three years in college, he's won well, how many games has he won? I think it's in the hundreds between the two. Well, we know he's how many. That's about to say we only know how much he's lost, which means he's won a lot. <laughs> if you yeah. can tell somebody so he's about He's a lot of opportunities of being the quarterback. And right. the quarterback's more than just taking a snap in the game. It's practice. It's locker room moral authority. It's being that person living the bigness of the quarterback's life off the field. So it's a lot of stuff. 
So Sam's now just catching up with that. Remember, we found Sam for the Elite 11 when he had a broken ankle after his junior year playing basketball. So we found him off his basketball tape. He hardly played any quarterback in high school. He plays very few. He starts very few games in college. So he's just getting that quarterback rep count to where the best stuff's going to come out. And I think people are starting to understand that stuff. It's one of the questions around Trey. I think Trey Lance is the second most talented. Well, him and Fields, I think, have equal talent in the draft. I think he's wildly talented. I think he, if he's handled properly, will be a massive success in this draft. Very few times being the quarterback. So you're going to have to make sure he gets those reps. He needs to take almost every preseason rep for probably two years. He needs to sit and watch. He needs to get the reps in the classroom and practice. But don't expect Trey Lance to step on the field day one and be successful because he just has less times being the quarterback than Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or Wilson or I guess Mac Jones would fit into that as well as a guy with limited reps just one year starting. So Zach Wilson, though, would be the guy for at, at second overall. That's what pretty much everybody is thinking right now. And I guess dovetailing to put a button on this entire conversation back to what you said moments ago about the key is to draft the right guy high up and win a championship while he's cheap and you can pay everyone else around him, support him, and then make enough uh, of the of the uh, uh, success uh, to afford the next contract, right? So would you start from scratch with Zach Wilson or rehabilitate Sam Darnold? That's the Joe Douglas question, unless, again, Deshaun Watson drops out of the sky for a way that the Jets feel is, is amenable. What do you think? Yeah, I think you framed that well. I think if Deshaun Watson becomes available, every team that doesn't have Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes right. <laughs> should jump at that. Uh I think I would go keeping Darnold. I think he's earned the equity within the organization, the city. I think it's tough to earn people's respect in New York. I think he's done that for the most part. You could tell me otherwise, but I know a lot of Jets fans that the first year, two years, like, oh, no, did it wrong again, and now watching him compete and grind and have resolve and grit and understanding how bad they were are like, oh, okay, this guy's surrounded with talent. He's our guy. So I could, I could, for that reason, he's earned the the respect and equity of the fan base and the organization. Uh, and then I'm not sold. Listen, I like Zach Wilson, so I'm not going to say anything bad about him. Um, I don't think. I think this. He's the guaranteed second thing is a little bit of a hogwash. I think you have. You're watching Fields. There's a narrative going around. Everybody's everybody's using the media in the cyber warfare world where they're launching mis- mis- messaging. I think people that I've talked to that I really respect and do this a long time really like Fields. The more they watch him, the more they realize how gifted the passer he is. I think Mac Jones has surprised some people because they love him as the passer. They know he has no second reaction stuff. I think there's teams that aren't quite totally sold on the fact that Wilson wasn't a core captain. After being there for three years, he was a game day captain, but not a core captain. They have eight core captains, and he's not one of them after being the quarterback for three years. I personally have never heard of that before. So I think this is still early. There's a lot of false narratives out there, and I wouldn't be surprised if this comes off the board after Lawrence a little bit different than people are saying right now. Trent Dilfer, look for my call in April. You're the man. Appreciate the time. Truly. Always. You're the, you're the best, Rich. See you, bud. Right back at you. That's Trent Dilfer right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Wow, that's a lot right there. Ooh, baby. So, mm, by saying that Zach Wilson was not a core captain, 
Does that mean he's the Bo Callahan of this year's draft class, Chris? I thought the same thing. You man. want draft day on him? I thought the same <laughs> thing. I thought the Bo same Callahan. thing. Bo Callahan. How many people went to Zach Wilson's birthday party? Oh, that's none of his what, teammates. That's what happened with uh, Bo Callahan, right? That's what I'm saying none of his teammates. Sure. No, they, yeah, yeah, but there's no Vontae Mack in the draft for the Jets to choose second overall. <laughs> no matter what. True. By the way, Vontae Mack, played by the brilliant Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman. Boseman. May he rest in peace. But um, you're, you're, again, Trent is not a troll. I need to say that, okay? He is not. He's not sitting here and saying, because and, he knows what kids do and what they need to do to get to where they are, and he respects them all. He's just pointing out something about Zach Wilson that other people are saying, and that might actually be part of an evaluation and how many times have we seen it? Somebody who's right here at the top of the float chart on people's draft boards right after the combine, it suddenly reverses. And somebody who wasn't at the combine, I remember, wasn't Saquon Barkley the number one overall pick coming out of that year's combine? It was, he was jumping through the gym, and we were looking up at NFL Network. When was the last time a running back was chosen first overall? And let's, let's get ready for that in Dallas, and it wound up being Baker Mayfield. Which the day before we were like, like nah, never, no chance. No way it's Baker Mayfield. No it's going to be Sam Darnold, right? Right. So nice. you never know. You never know. And Justin Fields may have some sort of comeback here. Maybe. Right? The Ohio State Pro Day hasn't happened yet. And he'll look great. And he'll be like, well, let's hold on a second. Because Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> with his flowing hair, right? His Goldilocks and his clear First overall status. Who won that uh, playoff game? Christopher? Who is the quarterback who won that playoff game? Who is the quarterback who dropped a million dimes in that playoff game? Who's the one? Was it six touchdown passes? I think he just threw two more. (laughs) It was Justin Fields. Justin Fields, man. He made every throw on every route tree and every. he He threw it on a line. He dropped it in a bucket. It was like a Dr. Seuss. He can throw it in a bucket. He could throw it on a line. He could throw somebody open. He could throw somebody who's wide open. He was dynamite in that game. And Alabama makes everybody look terrible. That's one way to look at it. Don't sleep on him. We'll talk about it with Tom Pelissero, who wrote a great piece on NFL.com talking about all of the pluses and minuses of all the five quarterbacks with a first round grade we'll check in on the players championship leaderboard 844-204-RICH number to dial and anything going on in the National Football League that's coming up next with Chris Brockman let's talk sleep number people because quality sleep is so essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs and the same thing for your partner so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature quiets your snores or your partners sleep number does that my sleep number setting is 60 my wife's is 70 10 numbers apart but it truly is the world of difference the sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable you will love it jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now you could save 50 percent that's 50 percent 
on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Philadelphia Eagles, we have that to talk yes. about too. Yes, as I'm draped you in are. my Eagles paraphernalia. Now that yes. that's like you got so you got the green hoodie. Yeah, I went green hoodie, and then I went satin black jacket oh, I just with the that. black eagle on it. This is subtle. <laughs> yeah, this is subtle. <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to come here and be, yeah. you know, blatant with it. This is a subtle Yeah, I didn't notice it. It's sort of like a watermark yeah. sort of situation that yeah. you have right there. Then you there. get up close and you're like, whoa, he really is an Eagles fan. He's got a lot. <laughs> yes. He's got a lot of Eagles stuff on. I'm I wearing think. a jersey to the Super Bowl with the Jerome Brown patch. That's what you're gonna do. Yes. Okay. I got the Randall Cunningham jersey, but my jersey has Jerome Brown patch. Well, what will it say on the back? Say heart? Will it say your no, name? No, it's going to say Cunningham. It's a real jersey. Okay. I can't make it say heart. I'm no longer authentic <laughs> if I make it say heart. It's got to be a real jersey. This okay. is a real moment. Understand. It's a big moment for me, man. This is it. It's I'm- a big game. What do you think? What do you mean, what do I think? The score's going to be 80, <laughs> 83 to 6. I called it. I put my prediction out there a long time ago. Okay. I had a dream. I saw it. And how many to that? So how many touchdowns then for Nick Foles then out of that? Nick Foles going to throw for 32 touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> 32. I'm trying to do the math in my head right now. <laughs> 32 touchdowns. Yeah, that is where we just put I, your. I didn't want to show. 83 to 6. Yeah, I didn't want to show if my math was good or bad or not, so I just threw a number out there. I think I made I I'm like in the ballpark. Here's what people need to understand about the Patriots right now. And I know that. There's a lot of New England Patriots fans. There's a lot of Tom Brady lovers out there, as you should, okay? They're not running over the NFL. They they didn't breeze through these playoffs. They shouldn't have beaten the Jaguars. They shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. They did, yeah. but they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. It's not like they have displayed this, oh, my God, they're just, nobody's going to be able to deal with them. They're our defense has been an amazing defense throughout the whole season. I really see our defense and our front four getting to Brady. If we get to Brady, it's going to be a problem. And we run the ball very well. It's going to be a grinding game. And Foles is going into this game with so much confidence. After the last game, he's got so much confidence. I don't care what you say. You can't beat confidence. You know how much confidence I have? Yeah. You can't beat my confidence. I don't care what you tell me. I'm so confident. I'm so confident. Foles has confidence. Our defense has confidence. We are here. This is where we said we would be in the beginning of the season, and we got here. That's confidence. They're used to being here. That's cocky. That's that's a little nonchalant shoulder shrug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do it again. Mm-hmm. It's not the same type of confidence. It's not the same type of hunger. It's a different level of hunger. And these dogs got to eat. Get it? Because they was calling us underdogs. Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> By the way, Brandon Graham got to Brady in that game. Sure and folks had confidence. I know, I know. And they had the confidence to run the Philly special. Wow. Kevin Hart not too far off. Hey, do you, you guys think Kevin threw... Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. What's up? You think Kevin threw a few back before he came on to the set that day? <laughs> he was bouncing off the walls. It yeah. was it was late morning, so... 
I mean, look, he, he was, was good. He was excited. His team's in the. <laughs> no. So the answer, short answer is no. <laughs> short answer is no. He crashes the set. The end of the game. All right, let's get some uh, uh, NFL news uh, straight from the Vine. And the Vine is Chris Brockman's uh, news update. That's a hell of a Vine. Go for it, please. <laughs> and now, with a report of the day's news from the world of sports and entertainment, someone who is not a journalist or newsman by any definition of the word <laughs> whatsoever, it's Chris Brockman. What do you got over there, Chris? Okay, just some, uh, just some cut updates across the National Football League. We know the Chiefs. Let go of Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, both their starting tackles. That's crazy. Once again, Ian Rappaport said Schwartz did not surprise him. Fisher did. Yeah. But then he said once he thought about it, it's a cold world out there and that Fisher wouldn't be ready maybe until October and Schwartz might not um, – might not be yeah, back to 100%. Yeah, both those guys had injuries at the And end that of they, last year. they just saw what was happened without them and they need replacements for them. Not that they would expect to have them back. So they decided to make the move now. Saints made a couple of moves yesterday. As we know, Emmanuel Sanders and Quan Alexander released Janoris Jenkins as well to save them $7 million. But Malcolm Jenkins redid his contract. Malcolm and he's Jenkins staying, restructured, yes. Which is good news for him yes. and the Saints. Cardinals got uh, released Robert Alford to save $7.5 million. The Cowboys restructured a bunch, as we know. Uh, the Vikings cut Riley Reef to save $11 million as well. One of the names, free agents-wise, we thought might be on the market, Brandon Cooks, restructured with Houston, so he's going to stay put. Okay. Another, that's, uh, do you think they text Deshaun? Hey, just want to let you know, well, Brandon Cooks isn't going anywhere. We'll see you soon. So our buddy Jim Trotter, NFL Network, uh, interviewed David Culley and said he believes that after that interview that Deshaun Watson will be traded. Firmly believes this because Culley spoke in constant hypotheticals about the roster, hinting at big changes on the horizon. Huh? Well, I think Mr. Trotter has earned a, a conversation uh, with us tomorrow, <laughs> as if that's what he wants, but... Jim Trotter gotta, thinks it all could come to a head before the draft. Well, it's got to. It's got to. It's got to. It has to. You have to get your draft choices back now. If he doesn't want to play for you, could you imagine you're 65 years old, you get your first shot, and the quarterback doesn't want to play for you, and then the <laughs> owner's like refuses to actually, like, hey, congratulations, you're now going to be the owner of a quarterback who's pissed at the world in, in, your, in your world. I mean, come on. Bananas. Move on. Bananas. Move on. Replenish the picks. Go to work and try to win. You can get. Do you want Donald or Tua? I mean, you literally. You pretty can much, have pretty your much. choice. Like, man, make your pick. Yes. Make your pick. And a bunch of picks. To go yes. You want to pick second overall and want Sam Donald? You want to pick third overall? You want your pick back and and Tua? I mean, that's a dream scenario. That and that's and that's just for starters. That's just to start off. Especially since you could pit both of them against each other. They're in the division with each other. Right now, it's just like, oh, yeah, we'll look at Darnold. Oh, yeah, we'll look at Zach Wilson. Oh, yeah, two is our guy, which you're about to talk about right here. Yeah. Right? Yes. And, and they could say that right now, but once Watson actually is on the market, it'll be like, okay, let's go to work. Because Carolina's going to jump in. The Bears are going to jump in. Maybe San Francisco. Would you rather that market be the Jets or your own? Because that'll be the market for Sam Darnold if Watson stays put. Or you got your guy. Go for it. Honestly, 
It's going to be crazy, man. It's Take gonna, the water tower out of Chicago. It's yours. It's going to be nuts. <laughs> you want the beam? Take yours. It. <laughs> <laughs> the Mary with Children fountain? You want, a, you want, Take it. You want you know, the attitude from the wiener circle? We'll put a figure on that. Take that. That's priceless. That is priceless. I'm, I'm serious. Michael Jordan Steakhouse? Yeah. Yeah. Wrigley Field? A 90-year-old. Get up the whole field. A 90-year-old spoon from Ed DeBevick's? You Pink, want it? Pequod's and Lou Malnati's. You can yeah. have them both. Yours, have you them both. Sold. Every Illuminati's you own. Sold. Yours. What else? That's of the Bears are. What else? What else? Uh, I'm that trying to think. The Green River on uh, St. Oh, Patrick's yeah. we'll Day. Oh, yep. On DU90? You want that? <laughs> you can. Get Are we out of Chicago? What's the beef sandwich place? What else you got over there? Okay, speaking of uh, Tua Rich, Brian Flores, head coach, talked to the South Florida Sun Sentinel about Tua. Here are some quotes. You think about his situation last year coming off the hip and throwing him into the fire. He started nine games and made a lot of improvement throughout the season. Obviously some ups and downs, but I'm excited about the year one to two jump. Different training camp. I'm all about development of players and helping them develop and helping them get better this time in the offseason. Get him some players. It's really going to be helpful to him and all the rookies. I'm excited about working with Tua this offseason. Look, we liked Miles Gaskin. Uh, Raiders fans saw what he could do, yeah, right? I like Miles Gaskin. Uh, but everyone else is pretty much hurt, which is why Mike Gasicki got 90% of the targets. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Parker was good when he was healthy. Right, so um, get him the weapons. But if Deshaun Watson comes available, hope you like Houston. <laughs> Seriously, they had lunch. Did you hear? Did you read that? That that uh, Brian Flores said they had lunch yesterday. Talked about families and stuff like that. Two is a good dude. Uh, I'm, I'm two sure. is great. We love him. Now you're two. You 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 let coach reach for the check, right? Oh, put oh. that on the Underhills, the Ross tab. That's that's Stephen. Let <laughs> the Underhills. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you got to like. John, and then he's like, oh, you make the reach. You make this. the reach. Yeah. John you, you do that all the time. You <laughs> yeah. make the reach. You make the reach make, for the make wallet. The reach. Make the reach. But if you're also, if you're also the, I got this. Well, nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else you've done over? Uh, quick, uh, Miles Myers Leonard has been fined fifty thousand dollars, suspended for a week from the Miami Heat. Okay. And updated well, the players. It's not okay, but I mean, it's, it's not okay. But he was disciplined. Uh, Sergio Garcia, still in the clubhouse. Seven under leads the Players' Championship. Wow, yeah. A lot of people are already in that clubhouse. All right. Very good. By the way, the name of that fountain is the Buckingham Fountain in Chicago. Oh, you mean the start of Married with Children? Yes, I did some research. Bryson DeChambeau, one under through three. (laughs) One under through three. (laughs) One under through three. Here we go. So so we get off the air in late afternoon time. We're going to be watching the back nine of Bryson. Maybe. Oh, baby. Fantastic. So Tom Pelissero is about to join us here on the uh, Rich Eisen Show. Tom spoke to a ton of scouts about all the top prospects at quarterback that we just talked about with Trent Dilfer, who said, hey, the way that it's being looked at after Trevor Lawrence right now, do not book it. It's just definitely Zach Wilson. So perfect guy to ask is Tom Pelissero and Ramona Shelburne on the one-year anniversary that the NBA shut down. And the whole world began to be turned upside down, for us here in America at least. That's coming up in hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show on this radio station. We're still right here on our, uh, our Peacock feed. A year, man. It's been one year. Crazy. Seems like five. Remember that we had the, uh, I, I forget her name, I apologize. She's not the commissioner, it's a different word for it, for the oh, Ivy League. The Ivy League, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Um, 
we had her on the day after she said, yeah, uh, we're not having a tournament and we're done. And everyone was like, whoa, Ivy, Ivy was, was the calm down. first to go. Yeah. Robin Harris. Right? Yeah. It's the executive director. Is that what the phrase? It's not the commissioner. The Ivy League doesn't have a sports commissioner. But I remember we had her on and she was just like, yeah, we, we looked at it and, you know, we're getting a lot of executive director. There you go. That was a crazy day. And, and we just, had her on, oof. and she's just like, we, we looked at it from the science, and we looked at it from the fact that if kids aren't on campus, we're not. they are student athletes here in the Ivy League. So if kids aren't on campus and we're shutting down on campus, we are not going to have athletics until it is safe, until we know what we are dealing with. And the Ivy League went, and then the well, Big Indi- East decided to keep going. Well, Indian Wells, remember, they canceled their tournament right, the first. Tournament, right. right. Tennis, tennis. The tennis tournament. Yeah. And then, the dominoes then just the started going. And then, and, then we st- and then the NFL was still doing the uh, new league year, and I remember a lot of people like, what are you doing? Right. You know, like uh, people are shutting down, business is shutting down, and you're saying, like, here's a $5, $50 million right. deal. But I think it's still – it was a, a necessary distraction for people to just keep some sort of sense of normalcy. And the fact that the NFL kept going, the season was kept on time. Yeah. The Super, season was Super kept Bowl played on as time. Scheduled, Everything went off as scheduled. Nuts. The schedule comes out as scheduled. The free agency went so everybody knew what needed to be done in the draft, which went so everybody knew what when rosters were were actually put together, what it would look like. They weren't like doing free agency in June and then the draft in July and then the, the season in September. And then the positivity rate was 0.08%. Very good. So, I remember all that like it was yesterday. Yeah, it I cannot was, believe it is a year. Yeah, me too. It's crazy. Nuts. And you know, the president is having a speech tonight. Like, it's going to be quite a solemn rest of the day. And uh, Ramona Shelburne had a, uh, as, the, as they say in the business, a deep dive on the subject matter. That's hour number three right here on NBC Sports on Peacock. Tom Pelissero, Ramona Shelburne, and you before we take it a brother from another.